Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Brian Harson has been fired as the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. Cadillac Williams, he's in as the interim to run the Tigers program. OutKick 360 final hour is here. Coming up, more college and NFL discussion throughout the hour as we get you set for what's going to be a fun week ahead. We've got number one versus number two with Tennessee and Georgia playing this coming weekend in Athens. We have the college football playoff rankings coming up tomorrow night. Uh, World Series game three this evening. Monday night football between the Bengals and the Browns. All of that discussed over the next hour. Mel Tucker suspended four players from Michigan State for the post-game tunnel altercation, brawl, beatdown, however you want to phrase this, uh, all caught on uh, camera through a, was this the Detroit Free Press that was back there? Matt Charbonneau? I'll find out who it is. But yeah, there's they, also, a, yeah, there's also an ABC camera thing that has not been put out, which ABC is a news outlet as well as a sports outlet. What do they have? They have a view of this more from overhead that is more telling about who did what that has not been shared publicly. I think that Jim Harbaugh has seen it from what I've read, and I would presume if he's seen it that Mel Tucker has seen it. So hold on. We have not seen it. There's another view of this. Are you saying ABC News or ABC on the broadcast? ABC connected to the broadcast. Well, has it. Throw out journalistic integrity when it comes to networks and their relationships with conferences. The the ESPN showed that with the SEC and the handling of the Nick Saban situation with Jermaine Burton. ABC's not turning that over if Kevin Warren, who was at the game, tells them not to. Well, it's brutal. Now, here's what's going to happen. They're going to turn it over to authorities because now this has become a legal issue. But if you're – I understand what you're saying, that that's over. But it shouldn't be over. If you're covering a game – and a news event breaks out at yep. your game, that's part of the game that you're covering. And throw out your partnership with the league and covering up for them. The story's out. I mean, if the story wasn't out, that might be one thing. If, there, if this was all a paper thing with reporters with notebooks talking to people about it and reporting out what happened. But that's rare anymore. There's a cell phone everywhere filming some version of everything. So once that's out, ABC's got a responsibility here. I think, to cover something that was part of its event. It's an interesting... The biggest part of its event. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Matt Charbonneau, by the way, is Detroit News. Detroit News. Who had the, uh, had the video. Um, now, it, that, it wasn't in the game. That was post-game in the tunnel. They, they're not rolling live. Well, they make a, a big deal out of their pre-game and post-game when they, they broadcast so these games. So what they had was cameras in that tunnel that for teams running out probably. that are perched up as they walk out and get ready, that would catch the whole thing. Um, again, like I, Times I'm, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just telling you, Kevin Warren and the Big Ten, is, they're telling them, let's keep that in-house. 
This and again, ABC's no. not really. It's, it would take someone leaking it that had access to it for everyone to see it. We had this conversation, Chad, at our old place of employment. You're paying them. They're not paying. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we worked at a station that covered the Titans. They paid the Titans a lot of money. And then the Titans told them what to do, which is backwards. They, they're paying the Big Ten millions and millions of dollars. The Big Ten, in turn for that, shouldn't get to tell ABC what to do. ABC buys the power to do what it wants. ABC should say to them, you don't tell us what to do with this tape. We pay you millions of dollars. We'll do with this tape what we damn well please. They're also leaving. I mean, it's it, right, ABC, ESPN right. is about to be all SEC. So what do they care? Yeah, but isn't they that weird the way that relationship that's works? not going to be around them any longer. That yeah, dynamic is so, where else in the business world, Hutton, you've pointed this out, where else in the business world does it exist that I pay you huge money and then you tell me what to do? Right. Uh, only, only in the mega sports world of football. Does that exist because of the ratings? And you can say, well, the college football, college football, the NFL. There's nothing close to college football either. No, it's after it's the NFL. Clear number yeah. two. And if you want the ratings and after on the that, weekend, there's nothing. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you want the ratings over the weekend, then that's, that's yeah. What I you pay got. you, and you boss me around. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's also. Well, we're assuming that's what happened here because that makes the most we're, logical We're getting sense. off track with the actual yeah. thing. No, but, the offense is horrific. But I'll also say I think it's a lot of people making decisions on this of not releasing something or how you're going to say something that are they they really like the access they're given by whatever relationship yeah, they, they have with that. with that league so the people at the decision making yeah. level are probably you know friends with kevin warren or friends with big remain. 10 coaches and want to remain having that level of access with them so they're doing anything they can to not trip up that relationship which i mean i understand the human side of that and how you would handle it but if there's another camera angle, I'd like to see it. I'd like to know if they're now cooperating with authorities because the player, is it Jermon Green? Yeah. The player, he is pressing charges. So this is going to the University of Michigan Police Department, and this isn't going to go away anytime soon. Uh, I don't know if they have to turn over other video if you're ABC as part of the investigation, if they're going to do so willingly. I don't know where this goes We now. sometimes see things on the field and people say, well, if that took place on the street, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we say, well, it didn't take place on the street. This is a lot more akin to the street to, to me. Uh, and I understand it's still inside a building and all of that. But this is a group of 12 men ganging up on one man, helpless man, in a, in a hallway. Um, it looked like something you'd see in a prison movie yes. in the cafeteria when one guy yep. ratted on someone. Sixty days in, and then yeah. and then the you know the the guards turn their, turn back, their back, and then they just all go in on the guy. Which and is he's kind on of the what these guys did. The security, yes. which I've always railed against, like as if yeah, the stadium security show. guys they're wearing a uh, they're wearing a jacket Badge and a sash and getting paid hourly. Like they're just standing back, going, Man, "We're not getting in the middle of this." I don't know why this is, fellas, and I w I would find this abhorrent if the guy was on his feet the whole time and yeah, being by the way, beat it was Mel the hell Tucker up. who broke it up. Who ran in there? Yeah, at they one both. Point. They both ran out there. Be if he was being beaten up on his feet the whole time, I would find it abhorrent and terrible. When he goes to the ground and is kicked, to me somehow I don't know why that takes it to a whole nother level. To me, this idea that you're surrounding a helpless guy who's down on the ground and can't defend himself in the same way—not that there's anything okay about it when he's upright—but once he's on the ground and I see the most, the mere motion in the video that we see of the kicking action, 
I get a little sick. And I, I'm disgusted by that level of human behavior on another level. It just takes it up a notch for me. And I got really pissed off when I saw that. Like, I really want some justice here. I want something that goes above and beyond that is preventative medicine against this happening. And I don't want to hear any of this BS that you pointed out. James Franklin started about the, the one tunnel. It's not the building's fault. That, that we're asking for civilized behavior between human beings who just had a heated competition amongst one another. I've not competed at a high level, but I understand I've covered a high level of competition for a long time. And I understand that guys at the end of it are capable. You talked about it now. They're signing jerseys for each other. They're completely capable of letting it go at the end and shaking hands and being cool. So don't tell me, oh, it's so heated in that hallway. We had to beat up this one guy 13 on one because it's so hot. It's not that hot. And you should be able to control yourself. Not punch a girl who's walking by you with a camera when the fans come on the field and not beat up a guy from the other side when it's 12 on one. Yeah, in a weird way, I also think this the one tunnel at, at the big house is sort of part of the charm of college football. Like old that school. you've got some differences in venues because yeah. they're so old. Like baseball stadiums. And it's just been that way for a long time. It, that, that's not the cause of it. I mean, theoretically, should a school making as much money in football and athletics as Michigan have two tunnels for players to <laughs> enter? And Yes. They probably should be able to go out of different tunnels if, if they so the choose. Problem. But that's not the problem in this. And, and that's what bothers me going back to the Nick Saban thing was – Let's take this one thing that we all saw on video and flip it on its head and make it more about fans storming the field after a win. And that's just – I mean, I saw in Manhattan, Kansas, they beat Oklahoma State 48 nothing, and fans charged the field. I've yet to see about any Oklahoma State uh, player slapping a woman on the way off the field or, or, or hitting did, someone. Nick Saban will be at the front of the line. I mean, apologize let's not – let's make the thing the thing. The thing here are the Michigan State players who decided to gang up on one Michigan player – get him to the ground, stomp on him. One player had a helmet and was using it as a weapon. Now you can come back and say, hey, Aaron Donald was on video doing the same thing. It was in a practice, and everyone's quick to say, well, the league's not going to do anything, and there aren't going to be any charges because it was in the confines of a practice. So where do we extend that out? NFL practice is fine, no charges, but we want the charges to be filed in this case because it's four-on-one and it's right after a game and not necessarily on the field of competition. Well, the player, this, the player has the right game, to file charges if he so chooses. Right. If we saw this, yes. If we saw this happen, but here's my, my question on this. If we saw this happen late fourth quarter, Michigan pulling away, there's been words exchanged the whole game. This player is on the field, gets knocked to the ground, and four Michigan State players are on top of him doing this thing with a minute left in the game. Are we pressing charges? Is someone getting charged in this case? I don't think so. So I'll, I'll only say that when we point out football is different, it is for that reason. Because if it happened on the football field, or I'd even argue on the sideline as the game was going on, it wouldn't be a legal issue. But post-game, when the battling should be over and you have it all on video, it's going to be a legal problem. And well, Jim Harbaugh came back and said, you know, an apology is not good enough in right, this right. case. And you've got all the the players for Michigan State in pads, and this, you know, Green's not in yeah. the middle, and of his it. helmet's off. So yeah, it's just. Uh, the, but again, like Mel Tucker has already suspended four players, 
Uh, in the statement from the university, it says they're going to comply with uh, everyone from both universities, the conference, and law enforcement. So they've already stated that. Um, the only thing we don't have is the other view of this, but I mean, it's clear what has happened in the current view we have through the Detroit News here. And they had enough evidence to go ahead and make this move. Uh, and this will remain in place until all investigations are complete, not just Michigan State's investigation. Yeah, well, let's not drag our feet on these investigations and don't be the dumb Michigan State alum or supporter who tries to frame some sort of defense of this. There isn't one. The defense is going to be, we don't know the whole story, like what Nick Saban said. Doesn't matter what this About the did. player and them. Agreed. And I said the same thing about the whole Alabama thing. But I'm telling you what the defense from Michigan yeah. State people will be. Don't know the whole story. There's a history there and one tunnel. They're going to talk about one tunnel, how this has always been brewing, and it's a problem, and Michigan needs to get their bleep together and build a separate tunnel. That's going to be the justification of this, when in reality, don't justify those actions. Just It's wrong. Period. It's okay if a fan of Michigan State says, yeah, I want those guys off the team. I'm, I'm okay with it. This team sucks anyway. And I'm embarrassed by what they did. I mean, it's time. I mean, Mel Tucker, I'll give him credit because they acted quickly in suspending them and, and, and talking out against his it quickly. AD's comments were much better than his. Yeah, but I'm also looking at this and thinking... His actions this team is louder. miserable. This is an opportunity to, to get some control of what you want now moving forward because this is a lost season for Michigan State. This is a lost season. Yeah. They were the darling of college football a year ago. He got a huge contract extension after two years, and they're not good. So now here's a chance with a bad moment to right the ship and get things going back the direction you want to go. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick360. That's how you can join us and weigh in. Uh, trade deadline tomorrow. The two players being mentioned the most right now across the NFL, Brandon Cooks and Chubb, Bradley Chubb, uh, pass rusher for the Broncos, who has five and a half sacks on the season, multiple quarterback hits and pressures, and they're looking to trade him the way Von Miller was traded a year ago. He'd be a hell of a get. For somebody, I think he's the top prize right now uh, for any any defense that's looking just to to measure up and try to get to the quarterback on a more frequent basis, especially postseason. Um, and hey, moving the trade deadline back two weeks—it used to be what week six, I believe. Yeah, very good move. Now it's back to week eight, and you have more teams involved. And especially this year, I think it took a couple extra weeks to figure out who was good, and who who isn't. And I'm using the, the word good broadly there. Um, who has a chance for the playoffs and who doesn't maybe is a better way to phrase that. But it has allowed teams, even though the Broncos won yesterday at Wembley, it's, I think it allowed teams now to know, especially with new GMs in place or younger GMs in their tenure, to try to gather picks and, and really suit up for the future instead of right so now. So here's the question. Denver's 3-5. and five. Okay, the Chargers currently hold the last wild card spot at four and three. Now, Denver's got the Colts, the Patriots, and the Bengals between them and the Chargers, but Denver's three and five. Four and three is the last wild card right now. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, I know all three of us think the Broncos are bad. What are you telling your, your fan base, though, if that close, with, with it in that much proximity, 
and this is what the the seventh spot has kind of created you're you're in it and you trade your 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 premier pass rusher i i, I don't know you know i mean i i think you're being realistic if you do it i would do it but i think you've also got a fan base that you've tortured so far through the season with terrible play and you're saying to them yeah that's more really insulting than only, a good player yeah not too far out of it we're going to take our bad play and compound it by after coming back in London to win on the last drive against the Jaguars, we're going to tell you we're done. I think the message is we're going to fire our coach after this one season, and then we're going to move forward with better picks and a brighter future for Russell Wilson or whoever. And uh, this is the right move right now because we may be three and five, but we're not any good. That's the message. And honestly, it's the right message. Yeah. That's what they are. And most good fans would be okay hearing that, but other ones will be say kind of what I just said. We've endured all of this. You're in range, and now you're throwing in the towel when you just finally came back and, and won a game and looked decent, never minding that it's the Jaguars who they did it against, which everybody does it against. Yeah. Yet again, Jacksonville can't close. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, they were in prime position, and Denver, how much effort went into that last drive? None. <laughs> I mean, they went down there. That was like as easy of a deep ball like as you'll practice. see to K.J. Hamler. Just lay it right out there. It's like All practice. the time in the world. Lay up. It's like practice. Guys, don't really cover this. We're just going to let the offense move down there. A couple of other names, just real quick. William Jackson uh, at corner uh, from Washington. You've got Chase Claypool, Kareem Hunt, Jerry Judy, and uh, Roquan Smith, who was traded today to Baltimore. Those are the names that are being pushed. Brandon Cooks, the, the Texans would love to trade him, right? He's, he's guaranteed $18 million They're going to have year. to pay some money of that $18 million. Uh, and the word is I'm one of those other guys I just saw. Oh, oh Rokon Smith, they, they are paying. Chicago's paying some of his remaining money this year. I think he's owed four and a half or something. Which is what they did for Khalil Mack last year, I believe. And they're a slice of the money. So They need picks. When you deal for those picks, you pay. Saints, Texans, Commanders, Steelers, Broncos are the teams right now reportedly selling. So well, that makes sense. If you like a player, dead. there you go. Alvin Kamara is one that I've uh, his name uh, popped that's up been popped up as someone that's Can you imagine him on the Bills? Move. Well, he, he helped his oh, case gosh. yesterday. He was great yesterday. Or the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just uh, – or anywhere. Alvin yeah. Kamara I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a franchise the Eagles, changer. Packers. I mean, just keep – Again, anywhere. Cool. Giants. <laughs> but, what a, but just what a fun toy it'd be for, I'm thinking quarterbacks right away, for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. What a fun toy he'd be for Malik Willis yes. with this Tannehill injury last. Somebody put but good But think odds. about Aaron Rodgers with him. Think about uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Put him in Tampa. Think about that one. Some of these ridiculous. Again, inter, interdivision, yeah. we're just throwing out. Some of these ridiculous online, you know, you guys get the emails too. Um set odds on, on guys being traded and they like had had the Titans high on the Kareem Hunt list. Now, what, what is that? Titans, Dontrell Hilliard had eight carries for 83 yards yesterday. The Titans number two running back. Chase Claypool. What should are be they doing that with Kareem? That, that's a need. Yeah. Where's the Kareem Hunt connection come from? Can Jerry Hunt? Judy is a need. If can, the Broncos, he, can he play receiver? If the Broncos yeah. are major sellers, Jerry well, Judy should be high on that list. Can he block? Like, does he play tackle? <laughs> he does not play tackle. Is he a, a Cody Hollister-like blocker? That's I, what they need more of. I, I think if, uh, among anything that we learned yesterday from the Titans at 5-2 and two now, 
Um, I think it's even more apparent they must protect Ryan Tannehill over the second half of the season. Oh, yeah. Because Malik Willis isn't taking this team anywhere. No, I mean, if he got a month, that would be a concession Jets speech. willing to deal Flacco right now to the Titans? <laughs> I've always been a big Flacco guy. Thought, thought about that yesterday. I'm thinking, what could this team do with Flacco <laughs> right now? In Joe, we trust. Hit us up with your thoughts uh, at Outkick 360. We're going to go rapid fire when we return. SEC, Ohio State, Penn State. We will continue with our NFL discussion. The Cowboys and man, Tony Pollard went off yesterday. Dak Prescott did too. And Micah Parsons, let's discuss the play with Justin oh. Fields, hurtling Micah Parsons so he doesn't trip up and get hurt. I mean, in, in the real time, that's what he's doing. But by not touching him, Parsons is allowed to scoop and score and get up and run for a touchdown that will ultimately allow him to win defensive play of the year because this adds another great stat line to it in a game everyone was watching. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Oh, Kick 360 rolls on. So, the Cowboys, don't look now, but they're... They're setting the pace again, just like last last year. I mean, they had the number one scoring offense last year. Prescott was protecting the football. And yesterday, uh, in what was kind of a back-and-forth first half with the Cowboys and the Bears, you just can't keep up with them whenever they're dealing the way they were dealing and running the way Tony Pollard was running the football and, and receiving out of the backfield. Overall, very productive game in all three phases. And uh, Justin Fields hurtling Micah Parsons on the fumble uh, in order to not run into him and not touching him while you're hurtling him shows you just not having the wherewithal and the the, the sense to Bad play. make a play and not allow Parsons to get up and run with it for a score. The athleticism of Parsons, though, after that, and the the whatever he did, sort of jumping into the end zone in the end, it was like a somersault. Very impressive, very very impressive football player that Micah Parsons. I know that I'm I've got breaking news coming in here for you guys, but um, Cowboys, 
I mean, are they a challenger for the Eagles? Yes. In the East? Yes. They, they get another head-to-head matchup coming up with, in a, it, theoretically. The next with, time will be in Dallas. And with Dak Prescott. Yeah. That, that's the other part of that it. That Cooper Rush story. Oh, that honeymoon only lasted so long. Well, I mean, he is 5-1, and one, but yeah. oh. he's not. He did the job. He's not Prescott. He did the job. Uh, overall, though, the Cowboys ran for 200. They threw for 245 yards in the game. 9 of 11 on third down in the game against Chicago. Um, Tony Pollard accounted for 147 scrimmage yards in this game. And their third down conversion rate of, we'll round up, it's 81.8. I, I round up to 82%. The best the Cowboys have ever accomplished in 30 years. Um, efficient. Yes. And I, I would say, you know, those numbers, if we just did a side-by-side comparison like we're doing like a, a bracket buster or a bubble team, and I said, who, who stats with it? It looks like the Eagles' stat line. And it was Dallas yesterday against Chicago. Can I ask you guys a college football question that I've been pondering all weekend since I watched this game early on Saturday? Do we come away from the Ohio State win over Penn State more impressed with Penn State or less impressed with Penn State because they found themselves in a game in the fourth quarter they could have lost but yet also showed the wherewithal to pull away quickly? from that Penn State team. But it took, I mean, a once-in-a-50-year performance, once-in-a-hundred-year performance from a defensive lineman in the game with the stat line to he make was, it happen. He was amazing. But um, I don't want to slip into this thing where we give, uh, and we do it too often, where we give a school like Penn State credit and points for hanging for a while and then losing as they were supposed to. Yeah, I, I'm to not Ohio giving credit State. to Penn State here. I, I'm, I'm asking when you leave that game. Like, look, Let's look at the top four teams, four or five teams, undefeated teams, right? Tennessee, obviously, very impressive in their win. Florida, I'd say impressive, even though they let up for a bit in the third quarter. That was an impressive Georgia, win. Georgia, you mean. Georgia, sorry, yeah. against Florida in that game. Ohio State... The final score looks fine. They were right around the, the spread. You, you're concerned going about the unconventional it. method. I, it just felt like Penn State defensively and what they were able to do, That maybe there's a roadmap there. That's all I'm saying. Maybe yeah, Penn was, State's not good enough, but maybe there's a roadmap there to slowing down and stopping Ohio State. It was 16-14, and then Penn State took that lead, 21-16. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, uh, upset alert. Flip over, watch this. And, and then, w- by the time we did... It was all Ohio State. Ohio State scores 28 in the fourth. Uh, th- this, by the way, they're 8-0. Um, I, I still look at them top to bottom as, to me, my most talented team top to bottom. And that includes defensive side. So they're allowed to win it yeah. defensively. All eight of their victories are by double digits. The offense is top 40 points six times, you know, but again, like their resume is not as strong as Tennessee. Their resume is not as strong as Bama with a loss as Georgia, where Georgia or Tennessee will have a loss after, after this weekend. But Chad, I mean, they still, despite being challenged and the score was what, 16, 14, then 21 uh, 16 or whatever it was, 21-14. Yeah. Travion Henderson had the long run that really sort of started to break it Despite open for Ohio that, State. They, had, they scored 44 and they finished with 452 yards. 
So again, like uh, I think that it, it's, I could say the same for Tennessee and in Georgia. No matter who wins the game this weekend, there are only a handful of teams that I feel like can do this and keep up with the upper echelon for four quarters. Yeah, Penn State was able to do it, and then it's kind of like Tennessee was last year, where it's going to get slip out of up hand one eventually. time, and then it's just the route's on, right? The 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 landslide happens, and well, there's only a separate, four or five teams where the landslide's not going to happen. Separate issue is Penn State shouldn't be there where they are in their program under 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 James Franklin in terms of where Tennessee was in year one. But I think the comparison is right. They should be further along than that as a team that's well, just going to fall apart late against a good team in Ohio State at home. Marvin Harrison Jr., I, I believe, oh, is the best receiver in college football. Yes. He, he's amazing. I mean, imagine Marvin Harrison, a big but what, four inches taller and 25 pounds heavier? Yeah. And just as fast. He's incredible. Playmaking ability. He's, he's incredible. C.J. Stroud, and I've watched him a few times now this year for the majority of a game, um, comparing him to Hendon Hooker for the Heisman, C.J. Stroud is a far better pro prospect because he looks like an NFL quarterback when he releases the football. There's a difference about his arm angles, about the fluidity of mm-hmm. his passes. When he throws it, he looks like a number one overall pick type guy. Now, on the other side, he threw some passes in this game that Hendon Hooker does not throw. He doesn't throw in a double coverage. There are times deep down the field he's throwing, I'm I'm thinking, what are you doing? Where he had time, and he's throwing it to a guy who's well covered where he should have gone somewhere else. There's not many times that Hendon Hooker makes the wrong decision. I think that's the difference between the two right now. Uh, But C.J. Stroud is a far better pro prospect for the reasons that I said. He's a great player. I mean, I'm nitpicking here right now. But I did see a a few throws, and I'm thinking, "Why, why are you doing that? There was no need to throw the ball there in that moment, and he's making the wrong decision. But Ohio State gets it done, but I, I do think most of the national conversation I heard was, boy, impressive win for Ohio State. They were really tested, and they had a huge fourth quarter, and they won going away. While that's true, I, I, I leave the game not knowing if I feel better about Ohio State or worse. I get Well, I, I understand where you're coming from on this because – the knock on them is, well, who have they played? And, you know, it, it always looks easy. Well, when it's not easy and they are able to come over, uh, overcome this with 28 points, they hold another opponent to, uh, well, uh, 31, but going into uh, a game where they allowed 21, they took a 21-16 lead, and their defense, yet again, uh, comes up with some big plays. What The difference is C.J. Stroud versus Sean Clifford, right? Clifford... Three picks, I believe. Two or three. I think I want to say he had four turnovers. I think he fumbled another one, too. Um, I'll go look to make point, sure. But it was being, a bad day turnover-wise. Yeah, if you don't think they played their Th- best. Three interceptions. Okay, time. if you don't think they played their best, and they didn't, but they still won the way they did with the dominant fourth quarter, that will help and boost their resume. But it's still, I mean, they've still got to, to head to the Big Ten Championship. They've, got, turns, they've got to overcome well, Michigan. If it turns out to be, be their worst game, you know, and they and they win it still convincingly. I don't think it hurts them in any way, shape, or form. Right. Well, they're not gonna. This is not their fault. Tennessee had their Bama game and won it. They just haven't had their Bama game yet. That's going to be Michigan at the end of the exactly. season. Exactly. So, but also naturally, oh, so just, we're just for the them. early rankings, it's, it's Tennessee also, should be first just based on resume. But that's only because in certain instances. The other teams haven't had their Bama yet. 
They're Bama opportunities. You've got a better scheduling order. And I, yeah. I know wh- how you're comparing Tennessee's that, got another Bama on Saturday. The, the, difference, the difference, though, is Ohio State is Bama. Yeah. In this realm. And Tennessee's not. And but, Tennessee overcame it. It would be like it, Penn not, State finally doing it in six straight years of 13 points or less being the deficit against Ohio State. It and won't they could be not as impressive that. because they're not going to be a double-digit underdog to Michigan like Tennessee was against Alabama right. when they do it. My point is, there's only one game left on their schedule that if they win, I leave the game saying, damn, what a win for Ohio State. Right. And that's beating Michigan. So they don't get and that it, opportunity till the end. And then whoever they play in, from the Big Ten West, right. who cares? <laughs> I know. I mean, Illinois is going to win that division possibly. That team doesn't really play offense. They got to go to the Pac-12 playoff system. They are going to. They're going to once, yeah. They're going to do it again next season with before they the other teams come in. As soon as USC and UCLA get there, yeah, they're going to it. Which I think they're going to. I don't know that it's been fully announced how they're going to do it, but I I believe they're going to break away from divisional play once Uh, they join. Yes, they're doing away with yeah, or or you know they'll go back to leaders and legends. See, I'd I'd love it. They can't do it because the amount of games, but I'd love to see those super conferences. Texas, Oklahoma, when they joined the SEC, when USC, UCLA joined, I'd love to see a four-team, top four teams in each conference play off each other and get an extra game in, even if it means sacrificing one regular season game. But that's tough to do because budgets are constructed based on amount of games, and you can't just suddenly tell Northwestern, hey, you got 11 games now and one one fewer home games because we want to play an extra game with the good teams in the league, right? Well, you can't That's if tough you're to say everyone's going to have to sacrifice the one game. If you eventually branch off and you do away with the Big 12 and the Pac-12, then you could come up with your own you massive conference and do it. You make your own bylaws is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> do away. The answer is just do away with the NCAA. And yeah. then you, you, all the really good programs can do whatever they want. Uh, and also, hey, we, we should point this out too. Penn State, after getting crushed by Michigan, playing that well... I guess Ohio State. I did gain some respect for them there, despite how up and down Clifford was in that game and how they played against Ohio State. I was glad to be able to see the Buckeyes challenged because it's they either blow you out or you're just not impressed. You know, are, are you not entertained? Like it was kind of that feeling. But at the same time, I I was happy to be able to tune into that game and see a tight window game, thinking their uh, upset could happen. Is Sean Clifford a sixth year senior? Yes. And uh, he's either the same age or he's about to be the same age as Stetson Bennett. I heard um, Bobby Carpenter say this kid's name different than I'm about to say it. Drew, I think he said Alar. I want to say Drew Aller, Drew Alar, the the young guy they have. Um, He's a freshman. He was a five-star guy coming out of high school. There was a lot of talk and, and a lot of things that I read about James Franklin that it's James Franklin's fault that Sean Clifford is still the best answer when he was turning it over on Saturday. I mean, you can sit and bemoan the fact that, well, they've got Clifford and Ohio State has Stroud, but it's really James Franklin's fault that he's not recruited over Clifford yeah. during these challenging times. Not that they're really challenging. I mean, they've got two losses. They're having a good season, and they they're lost to Michigan Ohio State. Season. It's well, like Will Levis at Kentucky. The typical good James Franklin season they're having right now. They've been bad. 
the last couple of years. But I think that's a when fair James complaint. Franklin's at his best, well, this is the good season. Yeah, the the high water mark is one. a bowl game on New Year's Day in Florida. I say that about Jimbo right. Fisher not recruiting over his guys or playing the recruit over his guys. I know the recruit got uh, two touchdowns on the first two drives, but uh, if I say it about Jimbo, I'd certainly say it about Franklin. I just with, with, well, at least Jimbo has the five star waiting, and did, yeah. we at least saw him. I, I get that Clifford, you know, has a bunch of turnovers and was not a good day for him turnover wise on Saturday. But I don't view Clifford as a guy that I'm going to criticize James Franklin about for not recruiting over. He's been a pretty good player for them. Well, it's kind of like Stetson been at Georgia at some point. Like I mean, he's back for his sixth year. He's 25 years old and he's improving. Like if if you've got your leader and you trust him. And yeah, you're going to won. play your style of, of football. I mean, that's what you're recruiting to. Drew Alar is 6'5", 242. Wow. As a true freshman. 6'5"? 6'5", 242. How big's Josh Allen? Wouldn't that be something? Six, well, he's about that he's size. He's about 6'5", 245. He's about, they're about so the same size. This guy's Josh Allen's size as a freshman. You can really start to criticize James Franklin if Alar moves to tight end this offseason. <laughs> and then they're bringing another quarterback to play. Officially, else. Josh Allen is 6'4 and 7'8. 6'5. Yeah. 237, by the way. Yeah, Alar's probably 6'3 and 7'8, but he's listed at 6'5 in college. We'll know his true height at the next level. Coming up, we'll preview the games tonight. Game three of the World Series and Monday Night Football as the Bengals battle the Browns. That's next on Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Busy, busy Monday. Outkick 360 rolls on. We're recapping the football weekend. We've got World Series Game 3 tonight. Monday Night Football this evening as the Bengals visit the Browns. And I think it's safe to say I think both teams want to get the run game going. We know that with the Browns and, and Nick Chubb, who's been very effective over the last couple of weeks, and he's had a solid season. Um, last three games against the Bengals, 319 yards, four rushing touchdowns. He's had success against Cincy's defense. Meanwhile, the Browns will allow you to run the football on them, and Mixon has not been nearly as effective as he was a year ago, and without Jamar Chase, I think the Bengals would like to come in and control the clock run the football, get Mixon going, and went on the arm of Burrow, but also with, with Joe Mixon uh, controlling the, the tempo of the game. Um, I'm taking Cincy on the road here. I'll lay the points because I think Cincy is starting to to rise to the, what, third best team in the AFC? Meanwhile, the Browns are still searching for reasons to stay afloat as they wait on Deshaun Watson to show up. And Cincy minus three, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'll take Cincy to cover the, the three in this game. And I think they are the third best team in the AFC right now. There's, there's some candidates. It's a clear one and a clear two at this point with Bills and Chiefs, but I like what they've done. I didn't think they, would, they were going to be able to fix the protection issues for Burrow this season, but they've done that. They've improved in that department light years 
compared to where they were the first couple games of the season. Uh, I like the Cincinnati team. I got uh, minus three and a half with Cincy. I threw in Nick Chubb to score a touchdown. $5 pays me 21 Keep in mind about the Browns here as the trade deadline looms. So the reason I ask if they're going to buy or sell, if they win tonight, all bets are off. I don't know what they end up doing. But with a loss at the buy, and then they have trips to Miami and then Buffalo following, to me, I'm looking to add picks and and see what I can get moving forward despite knowing that Watson's coming in. Well, they certainly would be hoping any tradable piece that they're using tonight stays healthy. I, I just don't – if you're Cleveland – at this point, just load up for Watson next year and in the future. Like, stop worrying about this year. Like, if you can get rid of a piece that's going to help you build around him, oh, you're, but the, you, you're going all in on Deshaun Watson. But the difference is with Deshaun Watson, all bets are off if you take that Cleveland team on the road with him at quarterback in the postseason. If you can get there, and they're they're just a you know they're winning here and there. If they just if they're just around five hundred. Whenever he's coming back, going to Houston, I think they're in the mix to upset someone in the first round of the postseason. And then who knows? Again, war of attrition. But we also haven't seen him play uh, other than that one drive in the preseason. So I do know that their quarterback situation on the field will be better than many teams in the AFC that are going to make the postseason. When Deshaun Watson is back. Oh, of course. And I'm saying if, if they get in as a seventh seed, and you're going on the road to face Tennessee. Uh, well, yeah, Tennessee. If they're or uh, Kansas City, I'm trying to think the the other team we would not have a bye. I mean, again, we saw the Bengals go on the road to Arrowhead and win. Tennessee's the second seed right now. Remarkably, they got an edge on Kansas City. That could get taken care of right. Sunday night. I'm just intrigued to see what happens because if the Bengals lose, then the division's wide open again. Tyler's our Browns reporter. He says they're sellers already. They have given up on the season. <laughs> There's no chance. They're, they're not I, maybe that's good. just Tyler's giving up on the season, but he says they're, they're going to be sellers. To the excuses, they're not very good. The league's not oh, very I know, good. I know. That's I the that, point. I say that about The everybody. league's You're not right. very good. It's all about mathematically, are we going to be in position when Deshaun Watson comes back? And is Deshaun Watson going to elevate this team so quickly and, and right away, right? He steps in and we are a much better team. And as long as we just hang on, and can get in the playoffs, we can go on a run. I have my doubts Is it worth about not that. loading up more for Deshaun Watson's future around him with that team? I do have my doubts about Watson jumping in and being good right from the get-go. It's been a long time. I, I mean... I, I, I agree with you. He's better than a lot of quarterbacks he could see in the playoffs. He may not be good from the get-go, but I mean, he, he has to be good against Houston. So from the get-go, I think he'll be fine well, against be that fine. Texans defense. Yeah. And then from there, like, I saw him the last time he played a regular season game. He walked off the field in Houston and nearly beat the Titans. Should have beat the Titans as the Titans won the AFC South in 2020. And it was him and no one else. And Watson nearly beat them single-handedly that day. So I, I'm intrigued by Cleveland simply because they're getting an upgrade after the trade deadline that doesn't cost them anything other than what they've paid already this offseason. Cooper Cup's ankle amounts to tissue swelling, no structural damage oh, per Sean McVett. That's great news. So Auburn, by the way, has also fired their offensive coordinator and three other offensive assistants. Who coaches? 
Cadillac Williams. Oh, I know, but at, at some point, <laughs> I, I know they have analysts and different people, but you got to have full-time assistant coaches. Cadillac's going to spread himself thin. It's, it's typically, though, why when you fire the head coach, everyone else under contract, even if they don't want stays. to, stays. Yeah. must stay for their last month of the season so you can field a team and have proper coaching at every position. Chad, these guys are real self-motivated. Th- these Tigers, I don't know if you know much about them. They're self-motivated. They're going to go They'll coach uh, themselves if they need to. They're going to go John Moxon and Varsity Blues and coach themselves. <laughs> they will if they need they to. They got rid of Harson. They're going to go back out there. And Maybe they're going to let the boosters coach. They're going to run the oop-de-oop every time as the Look, offensive coordinator. Auburn the kids coach. coaching themselves against Nick Saban. You go ahead and dismiss that. It's idea. an NIL donation. And coach the team this week. Tank Bigsby's just rounding up the team and calling the plays on the sideline. He's got a headset on and he's going over with the offensive line what they're going to do next. What could go wrong? What do you think about game three tonight? World Series. Phillies at home. As much a prayer as That atmosphere is going to be belief. awesome. Yes. I think Philly, by the way, Justin Verlander flipped off Philly fans three different times when he got off the bus. Is that all? In Philly uh, cool. when they were heckling him. So. They, they flipped off several people and Last well, years. That gives me a little bit more faith. And uh, oh, yeah, I'm not mad about it. I'm saying <laughs> Astros by five again tonight based on that response from Justin Verlander. It's going to be a fun, fun time to be a Philly sports fan with the Eagles and the, and the Phillies, but I, I like Philly tonight. I had a yep. battery thrown at me in Philly. I'm, I'm, fine, I'm fine with. Uh, Whatever comes to them. What's, what's better, Hutton? A battery in like Philly or, or urine in Gainesville that they've known to throw at people? Uh, battery. Battery's the injury. There's more risk of an injury, yeah, but... I'd rather have a battery hit The me realization than, uh, that you're covered in someone else's <laughs> urine, to me, would be immediate. Yeah, like, immediate disgust the moment... You, oh, is yeah. that just a beer? No, that's urine. <laughs> I know that smell anywhere. Definitely urine. urine. <laughs> Not the first time I've been peed yeah. on, and I know. It's got to be, be a very Speak accurate toss yeah. to hit me. Yeah, with the battery. Yeah. I, hope that, I hope that was a reference to uh, a young girl in diapers. Yeah, it was. There, no, Let's be clear. No, uh, no other issues. No other psychological <laughs> not issues. Not a golden that, shower no, guy? No, no. Not a big... But hey, uh, if you knew you were going to get hit in the head, this is going to be our <laughs> poll question tomorrow. Battery from the upper deck... Urine from the upper oh. deck in the head. Well, the battery could kill you. Yeah, there I'll, are I'll take few, the urine in that case. A few coaches who know what at least one of those feels like, and it's not the battery nope. that we know of. Hey, at it tomorrow. More NFL and college football discussion, and we'll preview the college football playoff rankings and kick 360. Don't block the box, but be sure to lock your locks. Drive safely tonight with the trick-or-treaters. See ya!